Hi all, and welcome to another episode of Peg City Chat with Nat. I hope you're having a fabulous day so far. Lord knows I am. And I am your host, Miss Natalie Bell. Do you love to cook? Do you believe your culinary skills are in need of national recognition? Well, Season 2 of MasterChef Canada is currently accepting audition applications. And for all of you folks listening in Winnipeg, that deadline is approaching quite quickly this Sunday, June the 8th, I believe. But don't worry, there will be other opportunities to apply after that, but I'll get to those in a bit. Before we get started, what is MasterChef Canada, you might ask? It's a television competitive cooking show franchise, I guess you could say, that originally started way back in the late 90s in the UK and is now produced in over 40 countries. So 2014 was the first for MasterChef Canada, lucky us, and uh, the winner wins the title of MasterChef and wins $100,000. So, with my luck, I am very fortunate to be able to be talking with one of the top 16 finalists, as as a matter of fact, top five finalists of MasterChef Canada, the first season, Mr. Mike Green. So, Mike, how are you? I'm not doing too bad. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being a part of this. I'm so excited to chat with you. I love when there's Winnipeg talent on the radio show. So I've seen so many different titles for you. Of course, I Googled you. Uh, <laughs> so there's been the freelance journalist, a.k.a. food dude, aspiring restaurateur, your CBC radio show, weekend morning show host. You are like a jack of all trades. So it's June 2014. What would you say your title is or titles are now? Uh, I would still go with, uh, I'm a freelance journalist. Uh, Right now I also work at uh, Red River College as a communications coordinator for applied research. Uh, But yeah, I still write about food, and I will be back on the CBC Airways uh, throughout all of July, actually from uh, coast to coast, doing um, radio pieces on Wednesdays uh, for all the afternoon uh, programs uh, from from Newfoundland to Vancouver. Wow. And is all that going to be food-related? Yeah, that's all going to be food-related. Uh, yeah, and I've also worked in uh, as an associate producer in various other posts in uh, CBC Newsroom, uh, actually both in Vancouver and in Winnipeg. And, uh, yeah, I also used to write for Vancouver Magazine back when I was doing my master's in journalism. But, yeah, I'll, I'll pretty much uh, I, I, I do quite a bit so here and there, you're, I suppose. You're still a jack-of-all-trades then. <laughs> Yeah, actually, last night I was uh, catering. I was I was auctioned off a couple weeks ago for uh, Manitoba Cancer Care. So uh, I saw that. That is exciting. Yeah, two different couples had bid on me. So the first one I did last night uh, at their place out in Headingley. So I did a four course meal for ten people. So that was that was interesting to do for sure because uh, I hadn't catered for a while. And I bet. Uh, when I used to cater, I was never the cook. I was always the front of the house guy. So it, it was interesting to uh, be in the kitchen. That's awesome. I'm I'm thinking about, you know, the fact that someone bid on you to come cook in their house, and I'm thinking, hmm, maybe he'll just do it for me just because. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was quite the honor. Uh, they, it ended up being two different couples that both did. I think it was around like 1600 bucks. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, so it was good to, uh, you know, raise uh, uh, over three grand for uh, cancer for care cancer to do so. Care. And it, was, it was fun to do. Would you say life has gotten back to normal for you here back in Winnipeg after the show? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Like um, the one different thing for sure is people do notice you on occasion, and it's always when I'm not uh, really prepared for it or something like that. I'll just be <laughs> buying groceries. 
trees or something, then, uh, you know, someone will strike up a conversation. But it's always really pleasant stuff. And uh, everyone who has approached me who did watch the show, uh, they gave me really uh, good feedback and stuff about that. So it, it, it's pretty humbling in that sense. And, uh, yeah, it, it's just definitely cool. Um, but the, the weird part is considering when the show was shot last year uh, and by the time it takes to start airing and stuff like that, it, it really is a... a a huge chunk of time in between. Oh, for sure. It's a it's a huge process. There's all the editing and all the fun stuff in between, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's kind of uh, surreal to even just be waiting for it when you couldn't really tell uh, any of your friends or family that you've been on the show. <laughs> That's crazy. I, would, I don't know. I'm the type of person I love to chat, as you can tell. And so I don't know that I'd be able to hold it all in. Yeah, well, they they do make you sign a contract, though, so yeah. that, that certainly helps you hold it all in. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the the purpose of, I, I mean, you have numerous interviews um, with a variety of, of media outlets, but for, for me, for this purpose today, is really to say to the folks that are primarily in Winnipeg that want to audition for this MasterChef Canada Season 2, is really about the audition process. And so before we even get to those types of um, comments, what would you say is your definition of a home cook? Okay, so a home cook, uh, the way I would kind of define it and the way it's actually contractually uh, defined by MasterChef. So you can't have any experience working in a professional kitchen. Okay. At least since, like, uh, I guess since adulthood, I suppose. I think it was, like, over 18, you couldn't have had uh, professional cooking experience. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you couldn't, and you couldn't have gone to culinary school. So oh. you have to be someone who cooks at home kind of as a hobby or cooks for your friends, but I don't believe you could have been someone who was getting paid to do that cooking. Yes, okay. So complete amateur. Yeah, so complete amateur, yes. Okay. So when you think of a home cook, and I think of myself, I, I cook at home all the time. Does that make me a home cook? Um, in you know, for the purposes of auditioning for a show, because when I think of you know some of the dishes that you prepared in your audition dish, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I could never do that. So what, like, what characteristics really make a great home cook in your eyes? Uh, well, I think you have to be versatile, and you certainly have to be uh, confident in what you're doing. Um, yeah, that you'll, you'll notice that very fast if you're, you're on the show or whatever, uh, you know, and all of a sudden there's a mystery box and there's all these ingredients in front of you that you haven't used. You kind of have to rely on your instincts and yeah. stuff that you've cooked at home before and how you kind of apply that to uh, different new uh, uh, ingredients and whatnot. So, yeah, I don't know. It, and practicing, I suppose. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't think you can be at home kind of cooking the same dishes week in and week out. I think you need a good uh, wide variety. Well, that's where I need to get better at, so thank you for that tip. When you think about this whole audition process, and I mean, I I love when Winnipeg is represented anywhere, and so I'm really hoping that people listening are enticed to do this even more from our, our great city here. But your brother-in-law practically filled out the entire application for you. Did you did you even look at it? Did you see it before he pressed submit? Yeah, I did for sure. Well, like, cause working as a writer, I definitely wanted to make sure it was edited properly. Yeah. So I, I had to look at that, and I definitely had put some uh, changes in there and, uh, you know, jazzed up the story a bit. Okay. <laughs> if, if you're applying for the show, you want to make sure that you're, uh, you know, kind of able to present yourself uh, at least at first through your application. So you want to be able to have a bit of a story component to everything. And it doesn't have to be a personal story, but maybe something related to 
you know, why your cooking style is the way it is, what kind of ethnic cuisine you cook and why you cook that. Uh, so, yeah, like that was that, the, that was kind of the main changes I'd put in once he had kind of filled out the, uh, I guess, the bones of the application there. Well, I have a, a copy of the application form in front of me, and it, to someone who thinks to themselves, okay, I'm a home cook, I'm going to audition, this is easy, I'm just going to videotape myself and, and send it in, there are some pretty deep questions on here, and it could look pretty, it looks daunting to, to someone who thinks they can just, you know, do that. When you went through it after your brother-in-law filled out, like I said, the bones of the application and you got to some of the more deeper questions, is there anything that you thought to yourself, oh my gosh, uh, do I still want to do this? Or anything maybe you think maybe you would have answered differently? I mean, obviously it doesn't matter now because you were on the show, but for the purposes of people thinking about it now or just looking at this application now. Yeah, well, I think the, like, one tip would just be transparent for sure because uh, if eventually, you know, if you do get picked to try out for the show or whatever, it's going to come through and they want to know your story and stuff like that. So I don't think there's really any point hiding stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, eventually, if that's that's your plan to go on the show, you are going to be on television and they are going to ask you, you know, some probing questions and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, I think just be transparent about it and, uh, you know, just, uh, just present yourself the way you'd want to be presented, I suppose. There's not only just the application, there was an interview, a phone interview after, and then uh, a first round, I guess, challenge locally. Yeah, yeah. So I like my tips for that would certainly be make sure your application is very concise and clear and that uh, they can kind of get to know you through your application. Yeah. And then based on that, that's when they would do the uh, phone interviews uh, a couple days later. And it, it's a pretty extensive phone interview. Like, it would be right up there with, you know, doing a phone interview for a job. Uh, it takes about a good probably hour. And they'll, they'll, they literally ask you about everything, like about your personal life, about uh, your cooking techniques, about, uh, yeah, pretty much every facet of your life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you should probably make sure that... Uh, Maybe do a little practice for that, too, I would think, as well. Maybe, you know, have a friend or family member do a mock interview with you. So you have some, uh, you know, some jazzy little answers prepared that will be entertaining and engaging. Entertaining and engaging. I know I read somewhere that said you're a mellow kind of guy. For those people that are more, say, mellow or, you know, introverted or, you know, I'm just just a great cook and I just want to do this. Like, how do you give some tips on how to break out of that shell for that moment in order to submit your application. Yeah, that's a tough one because, like, for me, uh, like, I wouldn't call myself an introvert per se, but I'm definitely, as you were saying, a bit more of a mellow guy. I certainly do lots of yoga and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, you, you do want to make sure that you are entertaining, though, in some aspect because when it comes down to it, you could be a fantastic cook, but you have to also understand that, uh, you know, it's television, so there's certainly an entertainment uh, value aspect to that. But, yeah, you, you have to be, uh, be ready to uh, put yourself out there on camera. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for myself, I'd love it. <laughs> I think the hard part for me is the fact that when I'm at home, there are no eyes on me watching me cut my onions and and shred cheese and all these kind of things. There's a lot of pressure there. So when you think of, you know, stressful situation and pressure and nervousness and those types of things, how do you get past that process for for the audition? Because, yeah, the application, it's on paper, nobody sees you, you just send it in, but then you get that phone interview. 
there's some pressure there. You, you're not face-to-face, but there's someone else on the line. Then you get accepted to the first-round challenge. Another set of pressures. How, how did you deal with all of that? Well, my mindset for the challenge, for the actual physical challenge, once we uh, kind of been screened on the phone interview, uh, was the fact that everyone else is in the same boat as you, right? So everyone is probably equally as nervous, even if they're maybe not showing it before you do your audition plate. But... Uh, yeah, so you just gotta go in like that, and really, there's you know, there's nothing to lose in that sense. Like you're you're trying out for a show, you're either gonna get on or you're not. So you may as well just kind of give it your all on that. And uh, thankfully for me too, the, the the tryouts here in Winnipeg were done in the morning too. Right. So a lot easier to get your thoughts together in the morning when you're first up, and you still have all the energy and everything. So uh, yeah, I think that was a bit of a bonus. And be strategic about it too. For the for the Winnipeg tryout, you the meal you prepare, so you're to prepare it at home and then you bring it in and you essentially have about five minutes to complete it and plate it. Okay. Yeah, just work with your strengths in that sense. Like what I tried to do is try and tell a story with my plate. I had, I had quite a few components on there. When I was describing them to the uh, to the guest chef and the producer, you just wanted to make sure you could kind of tell a story with every ingredient and why you chose those and why those flavor pro- profiles would work. And you also have to remember, too, that it's, it's going to be served room temperature. Yeah. There's quite a few people uh, at the Winnipeg tryout, and there's people from all over Manitoba and a couple from Saskatchewan, too, who are at there. Uh, and a lot of people had kind of, like, served a cold soup or a cold protein and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, my thought, I actually did a breakfast dish that was kind of meant to be served uh, room temperature. Room temperature, yeah. So I think you've got to kind of factor that in, too, uh, to, you know, temperatures a lot in food. But, you know, aside from presentation, you want to make sure that all your tastes can still come together when they're not super hot. Yeah. And when when you're in that moment, when you think about after you've done your audition dish and it's ready for the next stage, I know you said that when you were selected to go on to the very next round, there's there's this preparation that you have that you you're going to be cut off from the outside world. When you're talking about being strategic and, and all those types of things, there's also making sure that you, you fully believe in this and this is what you want to do because once you do get to that stage, that I mean, you even had to po- postpone your honeymoon and everything, but that whole cutoff from the outside world where you can't tell anyone, that's got to be, I mean, it's very important, but how do you manage that as well? Yeah, the amount of time that you're you're giving up is pretty massive for sure. Uh, and they kind of make that, uh, you know, explicit in the contract uh, that you, you are going to be cut off from the outside world. As soon as the plane lands in Toronto, they take away your cell phone. You don't have access to the Internet. Uh, so, yeah, you pretty much have to, you know, tell your family and friends or whatever that you you, you do only get one phone call at, uh, every Sunday for 10 minutes. So wow. You know, you kind of have to choose your favorites in that uh, sense. So, <laughs> uh, I, I only ever talk to my wife. Yeah, uh, speed so. dial. Speed dial Lauren on your 10-minute call. Yeah, sorry, mom. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but the other thing too that kind of I think that really helps you focus too once you're actually on the show because there's not much other people to talk to aside from the uh, cast and crew, really. So, right. uh, so it's you, you only have you and all the competitors, and you all live together in an apartment in downtown Toronto. So that's kind of that's the people that you talk to every day. Right. I think it would be distracting if you you, you still had your phone and you could be catching up with what's going on at home and stuff like that. Because, yeah, this way it's like you know you're making a show. That's your whole life. You're, you're at the studio for, you know, so many hours in a day. 
and then when you're not there, you, you should generally probably be either you know practicing cooking in the apartment or reading cookbooks or whatnot. Because uh, yeah, there's not much else to do, but you're kind of submerged uh, just you know in making food. Well, that's that's the whole point of the show, right? It's all about the food, and like you said, being strategic, ensuring you minimize all your distractions. It helps you to focus, and that's at the end of the day, that's what you want to do so that you can win. Mm-hmm. What's next on the horizon for Mike Green? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Right now, I like I'm, I'm enjoying my new job right in here. Uh, it's still freelance. I'm excited to get back on the airwaves in July. And uh, yeah, there's a couple of food documentaries that uh, I'm pitching with a friend of mine uh, for my thesis at uh, UBC. I've actually filmed a documentary with my friend Dan Hallen on uh, wild mushroom foraging in oh, BC. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stories out there about food and that are that I think have a really great visual component. And so that's uh, that's one of the projects coming up that we're uh, really working on uh, pitching. And aside from that, yeah, I just enjoy writing about food. Uh, you know, Winnipeg's food scene. I've I've only been here for just under three years, but yeah, it keeps getting better and better. So there's there's no shortage of stories here as far as that goes. Love cooking, but uh, I think as far as starting my own restaurant or wanting to work in the kitchen. I don't know. Like, I, I definitely one day for sure I would like to start my own gastro pub. Yes. But, but yeah, you, you got to understand too. It's a pretty massive time commitment, and I've, I've worked in a lot of restaurants growing up, and uh, the hours are super long and hard. And the hours in the kitchen, like a lot of my friends in Vancouver who I used to work with, are all chefs, and those are some long, hard hours and really hot kitchens and really stressful situations. Yeah. I was always kind of a front of the house guy, so that's kind of my joke was uh, if I do do a restaurant. Even though I was on MasterChef, yeah. would still be, you know, the front of the house guy. Exactly. I would definitely, uh, you know, have have a professional chef in the back. Well, I just want to thank you so much for taking some time out of the day to talk with me today and to give some amazing tips. We talked about strategy, transparency, being versatile, entertaining, engaging. So those of you listening, those are some pretty major points to think about if you're if you're in the midst of applying if you're thinking about if you should apply to audition but let's let's get that Winnipeg talent out there and apply by June 8th which is this Sunday that will give you an opportunity to be interviewed in person by producers cuz they'll be casting from June 29th to July the 2nd if you do miss this Sunday's deadline, don't worry, you can apply later on, but it would have to be in a different region, so think about that. If there's anything I can say about food is that it's it's everywhere. It's it's so impactful. There's so many amazing things going on, like you said, with the Winnipeg food scene, with all of these shows across the globe right now, and like you said, food documentaries and how impactful they can be because they're so visually appealing as well. I'm just grateful to you. Thank you so much for giving some amazing tips today. And if there's anything you want to say to the people at home about <laughs> applying for MasterChef, say it now. <laughs> Yeah, no, thanks for having me. And, yeah, as I was saying, um, if you're applying yet, yeah, just don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Uh, you know, they're looking for people that will be entertaining and engaging. But, of course, it, it, is, a, a comp- it is a culinary competition. So, uh, yeah, make sure, make sure you're a good cook and practice, practice, practice for sure. 
Thanks so much. And for those of you listening, again, there will be an accompanying uh, blog post on pegcitylovely.com, but you can go to masterchefcanadacasting.com or to their Twitter at masterchefcda. Follow the hashtags MCC or MasterChefCDA for all of the information regarding auditions. But of course, you also want to check out Mr. Mike Green. You can see him on his website at mikegreen.ca. His Twitter is Miguel Greenbaum, and I'll spell that one for you, M-I-G-U-E-L Green, G-R-E-E-N, B-A-L-M is in Mary. And don't forget about Mike's Instagram, where he's also posting some pretty fabulous pics at PlumsVerde, P-L-U-M as in Mike, S-V-E-R-D-E. And once again, this will all be listed on the blog post as well as with the Peg City Chat with Nat summary. So once again, thanks so much, Mike. Have an awesome day, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. It's my pleasure.